0: SECOND HALF OF EFFECTS OF INCENDIARY BOMB ATTACKS ON TOKYO, JAPAN BY THE UNITED STATES STRATEGIC BOMBING SURVEY This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. EFFECTS OF INCENDIARY BOMB ATTACKS ON TOKYO, JAPAN SECOND HALF by the United States Strategic Bombing Survey. Part 5. Attack Data 1. Six major attacks on the city are considered in this report. These attacks are listed in Table 1. They do not include all attacks on the city, but only the major attacks and attacks which are interesting from both the tactical point of view and from the standpoint of damage done. 2. The attack of 25 February 1945 is the only daylight attack covered in this report. The bombing, however, was done through ten-tenths cloud cover with the aid of radar. Perhaps the most interesting feature of this attack is that it was staged prior to the abandonment of the high-level tactics in use at that time. The principal area damaged was in the east-central portion of Zone 1 twenty-nine, and amounted to one square mile. The damage was 2.2 square miles per 1,000 tons of bombs. 3. The attack on the night of 9 to 10 March was an incendiary attack made by the 21 Bomber Command of the 20th AF. This was the most effective mission ever accomplished in terms of area totally damaged per bomb tonnage dropped. Photos 30 and 31, and only one other attack, regardless of tonnage dropped, totally damaged as great an area the attack of 25 to 26 May on Tokyo, in which twice the tonnage was dropped to achieve a totally damaged area only 6% greater. Prior to this attack, the general plan had been to strike the strategic objective in daylight from aircraft flying in formation at altitudes of 25,000 to 30,000 feet. Mission 40 involved an almost complete reversal of these tactics. It was planned that all aircraft should make individual runs on the target at night with the base altitudes specified at 5,000 to 7,800 feet, dropping only M-47 and M-69 incendiaries. The M-47 A 70-pound napalm-filled bomb was carried by the Pathfinder Squadron of each of the three wings flying the mission to serve the dual purpose of starting immediate appliance fires, i.e., fires of such magnitude as to require the attention of motorized firefighting appliances, and of effectively marking each aiming point. Figure 1 Maximum loads of 184 M-47 bombs per aircraft were carried, with the bombs clustered 6 to a 500-pound station with T-19 cluster adapters. All other aircraft carried M-69s, 6 pounds incendiaries, in, in delay-opening clusters capable of being aimed and set to function at 2,000 to 2,500 feet both E-28 incendiary clusters one nose fuse and E-46 incendiary clusters two tail fuses were used intervalometer settings were 50 feet for clusters and 100 feet for the M-47 bombs the general plan of attack called for pathfinder aircraft to strike the aiming points followed by aircraft carrying M-69 bombs. Crews were briefed not to drop bombs on areas where good fires had started, but to make visual correction and bomb areas within the general target zone where fires were not observed. A. The 73rd Wing bombed the target area from 6,620 to 8,950 feet through two-tenths to ten-tenths overcast. Axes of attack were 290 degrees to 309 degrees. Flak was medium and heavy, intense and accurate. Twenty-three aircraft were damaged and one was lost. B. The 313th wing bombed the target from 5,850 to 8,000 feet through one-tenth and two-tenths cover. Axis of attack was 305 degrees. The first planes encountered generally accurate fire of moderate intensity, but succeeding elements received lighter and less accurate fire which diminished in strength until the last units received no fire. Nine planes suffered minor damage. C. The 314th wing Bombed the target from four thousand nine hundred to nine thousand two hundred feet, through two tenths overcast. Axis of attack were two hundred ten degrees to two hundred forty degrees. Flak encountered was medium and heavy, accurate to inaccurate. Ten aircraft were damaged and eight were lost. D. Numerous empty M sixty nine cases were found throughout the area. An attempt was made to determine the percentage of duds. Only one M69 was found that had not functioned and no evidence was found of clusters having failed to open. No M47s were found. The fact that no duds of any consequence were found does not necessarily indicate perfect functioning since malfunctioned bombs will detonate in a fire. E weather just preceding the attack was fair with a moderate wind from the southwest there had been no rain or snow for several days preceding the attack the following table of wind velocities for the night of nine to ten march was obtained from the japanese weather bureau located about two miles from the area affected by fire although this information was not secured in the fire zone It serves to indicate the trend of wind conditions. Wind velocities 9 to 10 March 1945 Time, Direction, Velocity 9 March 1945 2200 Southwest 13 miles per hour 2400 West 9 miles per hour 10 March 1945, 0200, north-northwest, 21 miles per hour, 0300, northwest, 28 miles per hour, 0500, north-northwest, 20 miles per hour, 0700, north-northwest, 10 miles per hour zero nine hundred northwest fourteen miles per hour as can be seen from the tabulations the wind increased in velocity just prior to the attack and continued to increase until a maximum of twenty eight miles per hour was reached at zero three hundred hours at which time all planes had left the target area plant managers and residents interviewed in the burned area estimated wind velocities just prior to the attack at about 17 to 25 miles per hour, with a maximum during the conflagration of 55 to 70 miles per hour. It was described, without exception, as being too strong for a man to stand up to. The chief of the fire department estimated the velocity at 50 miles per hour during the height of the fire it is possible that much higher velocities were attained at the perimeter since the gas rising above the area drew in vast quantities of air. This is a common occurrence during conflagrations. 4. The four remaining attacks listed in Table 1 were carried out with approximately the same tactics as used on Mission 40, with results varying from excellent to poor, shown in the table. Part 6. Analysis of Damage 1. The M47 bombs dropped by Pathfinder planes started fires which were spread rapidly by the high wind. Bombs from following planes started additional fires which later merged to form one vast mass of flame as viewed from the air. Planes which bombed during the latter part of the attack found visibility very poor and dropped bombs short of the target area. These bombs started fires in the congested industrial area south and east of Zone 1. About 0.8 square mile of the total 11.08 square miles comprising the Zone 1 area had been burned in the attack of 25 February 1945. The 9-10 to 10 march attack burned all of Zone 1 area, east off, and a major portion of Zone 1 area lying west off the Sumida River. Small areas in the extreme northwest tip and the narrow strip running northwest in the southwestern corner escaped damage. Photos 30 and 31, Figure 3. Few bombs hit these areas because the last planes over the target area had difficulty locating aiming points due to extensive fire and smoke. The total damage resulting from this single attack was 15.8 square miles of the heart of the city. Calculations indicate that about two-thirds of zone one was burned along with about nine square miles of the great industrial area bordering zone one. Figures furnished by the Metropolitan Police Bureau show 267,171 buildings burned in this one attack. The Japan Yearbook of 1944 stated that Tokyo had 1,057,921 buildings in 1938, of which 692,731 were dwellings. Based on these figures, the attack of 9 to 10 March totally damaged about 25 percent of all buildings in tokyo two the 28 mile per hour wind during the course of the attack which increased in velocity as the fires merged contributed considerably to the intensity and further spread of the conflagration the direction of the wind north-northwest and northwest caused the fire to spread to the highly congested tenement and industrial district east and south of Zone 1, resulting in considerable damage to industrial plants. Fire to the south and southeast burned itself out against open areas, the diversion canal, or firebreaks. The fire west of the Sumida River burned itself out either against areas burned in the 25 February 1945 attack or against the river. Isolated fires to the southwest and northwest caused by spill-overs were relatively small and were controlled by fire department operation and open areas. 3. The highly combustible nature of the city resulted in an intense fire of short duration. Observers stated that the heat was so intense that entire block fronts burst into flames before the main body of the fire reached them. The heat intensity was indicated by the absence of smudges on concrete buildings. Combustible contents of buildings burned completely, leaving no evidence of what the contents may have been, and without marking the walls with smoke. The fire chief stated that the fire had burned itself out by morning except for fires in industrial buildings. An aerial photograph taken at about noon the following day, photo 31, showed few fires still burning. No data were available on the temperatures reached, but considerable melted glass and, in one case, melted concrete were noted. Photos thirty two, thirty three, and 34. The people of Tokyo had been instructed by police and block associations in the handling of bombs and the extinguishing of incipient fires. The military authorities, however, had advised that all attacks would be made at high altitude and that the attackers would be sufficiently dispersed to offset the possibility of any great area fires. This attack was made at a low altitude by a much larger number of planes than had been expected, taking both the military and the general public by complete surprise. At the beginning of the attack, the people attempted to extinguish the fires started by the first planes, but, as the attack continued, they realized that such action was hopeless and confined their efforts to saving personal belongings and to escaping. Plant employees attempted to combat fires started in industrial buildings, and, by virtue of better training and equipment, they were able to confine the fires in some cases. When bomb concentrations were heavy and combustible contents were present, however, their best efforts were futile. The inhabitants in general fled to parks, canals, and rivers, or left the area entirely if possible. Fire lanes were used as corridors, and, as such, were the means of saving many lives. 4. The Tokyo Fire Department organization was not prepared to combat fires of any magnitude, for too much dependence was placed on the individual stations to respond to a fire without notification from the central headquarters. This was satisfactory for ordinary fires, since by this method it was possible to extinguish quickly incipient fires in highly combustible areas. The general plan for air raid protection included the use of apparatus outside the area under attack to attempt to confine the fire and prevent it from spreading. This was more or less standard fire department practice in any conflagration, but its proper execution depended on many factors such as ample equipment and men, adequate water supply, and favorable weather conditions. The conditions during the attack could hardly have been more favorable for a conflagration or more unfavorable from a fire protection standpoint. Tokyo Fire Department equipment and personnel were inadequate, as was the water supply. These shortcomings coupled with a high wind and highly congested combustible buildings, resulted in the many small fires growing into a conflagration in a matter of minutes. The chief of the fire department stated that the situation was completely out of control 30 minutes after the first bomb dropped and efforts to combat the fire were futile. Attempts were made to hold isolated fires in check. A total of 186 fire trucks was destroyed in all attacks on Tokyo, 95 of which were lost in this attack. This figure does not include small hand trucks of the type used by civilian defense organizations. Most of the damaged fire trucks were dispatched from outside the fire zone to combat the fire and were subsequently trapped and burned. Five of the 15 large fire stations were completely gutted. One station was noted where firemen were killed and equipment burned in the station. This equipment was still in its original position, even though the attack occurred eight months prior to the investigation. 5. The highly combustible residential structures burned quickly. An inspection revealed that not a single dwelling remained in the burned area. All combustible material was completely consumed. No charred remains of combustible structural members of residences were found. The area was simply a mass of shattered tile, concrete static water tanks, and twisted steel. Photos 35 and 36. 6. Industrial plants of fire-resistive construction were few in the fire-damaged area. Three plants were inspected in which some of the structures were of this type. In only one was there any evidence of bombs entering the building and starting fires. The manager of this plant claimed that the bombs falling at an angle entered through the windows, which is unusual for a bomb of the M69 type. No building was sufficiently near, however, to cause damage from exposure fires, and it is therefore assumed that this statement was correct. The entire structure, a reinforced concrete warehouse, 25 feet in height, was structurally damaged. Photos 37, 38, 39. The other two plants suffered damage from exposure fires. One, a cable plant was completely gutted, while the other, a fuse plant, suffered slight damage to the building and total damage to the contents. Non-combustible structures predominated in the industrial plants studied, which were, for the most part, machine shops, steelworks, foundries, and textile mills. Bombs readily penetrated the corrugated asbestos cement or corrugated iron roofs. When sufficient combustible contents were present, the structure was almost always totally damaged, and all that remained was a mass of sagging steel members and shattered roof covering. This condition of total damage also existed in many instances where buildings were adjacent to nearby dwellings, as were the numerous small shops scattered throughout the area. Photos 40, 41, and 42 8. No overall figures for production loss were available since not all plants in the area were visited. However, an estimate of the loss of production to the damaged area resulting from the 9 to 10 March attack was made by the local managers of 10 of the larger plants. Building and equipment damage in these 10 plants ranged from 5 to 100 percent and loss in production was estimated at 50%. It is believed that 50% is somewhat low since home industries which accounted for much of the production capacity of the area and which were totally damaged were not included. The population of Tokyo dropped from 5,063,495 as of 1 January 1945, to 2,310,734 on 1 August 1945. It appears from these figures that the attack of 9 to 10 March 1945 resulted in a large exodus of persons from the Tokyo area, thereby causing an acute manpower shortage for industrial operation. This is borne out by statements of plant managers That production in plants was seriously curtailed or stopped completely. The manager of the Fukagawa Works Mitsubishi Steel Company stated that his plant did not operate after 9 March, although the property was not damaged in the attack. 9 Any figures on loss of life in a conflagration of this magnitude are necessarily estimations. Japanese figures. Obtained from the Metropolitan Police Bureau are believed to be the most accurate available. All attacks on Tokyo caused 93,056 deaths and 72,840 injuries. The attack of 10 March resulted in 83,793 deaths, or 90% of the deaths caused by all air attacks on Tokyo, and 40,918 injuries. The number of homeless from all attacks was 2,891,000, of whom 1,008,000 were made homeless by this one attack. A total of 201 firemen were killed in all air attacks on Tokyo. Of that total, 85 were killed and 40 missing in the 9-10 to 10 March attack. Total casualties to auxiliary firemen in the attack were in excess of 500. No figure was available for total casualties to this group in all attacks. The great loss of life is attributed to the rapid spread of fire, its great intensity, and the large area covered. Persons attempting to flee from the attacked area were burned in the streets by the intense heat, photos 43, 44, 45, and 46, although some were able to escape through the fire lanes. Many fled to the canals and were literally scalded to death or died from the effects of hot gases, photo 46. 10. The following plants, damaged in the attack of 9 to 10 March, were investigated. A. Target 3 Hitachi Engineering Works Limited, Kameido Plant This plant manufactured naval accessories such as air coolers, compressors, and ventilating systems. There was no damage to any of the main buildings but 240 M69 bombs fell in the vacant yard south of the plant buildings and totally damaged several small auxiliary buildings of wood frame construction. None of these bombs was a dud. The plant was not damaged by exposure fire, either radiation or flying brands. The area surrounding the property offered almost complete protection from exposure fires by means of a 150-foot man-made firebreak, a canal, and a railroad embankment. The property surrounding this area was a mixture of poorer-class factories and workers' homes, all of which were totally damaged. The bombs which dropped in this area came from the last of the bombers at about 01:15 hours. The first warning the plant had was the beginning of the attack on the city, but this gave them considerable time to prepare their defenses. The employees had been well trained in fire fighting, and it was evident that they had functioned better than most, although they were aided by having more time to make preparations and by the fire breaks and the bomb pattern. B. Target 6 Mitsubishi Steelworks, Fukagawa Plant. The products of this plant were steel bars and cylinders, used by other concerns in the vicinity for manufacturing various items for the shipbuilding industry. This plant was not damaged, except for an isolated frame warehouse which was completely burned as a result of fire caused by one bomb. About 400 bombs were scattered over an adjoining open area and over a small neighboring spinning mill, which was about 60% damaged. The steel plant ceased production after the attack because of a shortage of help brought on by the displacement of laborers. C. Target 5. Fujikura Electric Cable Works This company employed about 4,000 persons prior to the attack, but had not operated since. It manufactured electric cable and wire of all types and sizes. A small number of M-69s fell among some small shops and warehouses across a narrow canal from the buildings of the main plant. The plant manager said that most of these bombs were extinguished. Only one of the buildings in this area was totally damaged. The canal was so narrow, however, that a strong wind blew flames from this building across the canal, and the main plant buildings were ignited by exposure. These main buildings were of reinforced concrete with either wood truss roofs covered with corrugated asbestos cement or steel truss roofs covered with corrugated sheet iron. All the roofs were stripped, but the steel trusses were still intact with little deformation and could have been recovered. In almost every instance, walls and roofs of corrugated asbestos cement shattered and collapsed from the heat. It was estimated that 80% of this plant was totally damaged. All the machines were heavily damaged, except for a few in the winding building. D. Target 4. Shibaura Electrical Works Shows on G2 Reports as Japan Sugar Company This plant produced tungsten for lamp and vacuum tube filaments and molybdenum and tantalum concentrates. It also made synthetic rubber for gaskets, packing, and hose. The main portion of the plant was not damaged, but a warehouse and a laboratory collapsed as a result of fire. Both of these buildings had reinforced concrete walls and reinforced concrete roofs on unprotected steel trusses. The sagging of the trusses released the roofs and collapsed the walls. Photos 37, 38, and 39 The source of heat in these buildings was not completely explained. The manager said that the two structures were used largely for the storage of ore, but it is known that they also contained pitch and calcium carbide. The manager stated that the bombs entered through the windows. The roof was a six-inch concrete slab and had no skylight, so M69s should not have been able to perforate it. And there were no other structures near enough to cause an exposure fire. Plant damage was estimated at twenty percent. E, target two, Hatori Company, Sekosha Watch Manufacturing Company. This company manufactured time fuses for artillery shells, including twenty, twenty-five, forty, fifty-seven, and seventy-seven millimeter shells. About 4,000 people were employed. Ten M69 bombs struck the plant and were all extinguished by plant personnel. The main plant building, however, was ignited by an exposure fire across a 75-foot open space, a street and cleared area. The heat here was great enough to melt wire glass windows and to enter the plant proper. All the plant buildings were fire-resistive throughout, the construction being reinforced concrete with wire glass windows. After the fire entered, it burned through the buildings and heavily damaged most of the machinery. The buildings were only superficially damaged. The management estimated the damage at 35 percent. Operation continued on a reduced scale until 14 August 1945. F. Target 1. Owana Manufacturing Company, Nippon Electric Works. This plant produced small motor generator sets of 1, 3, 6, 8, and 25 kilowatts for the Navy. It employed 2,200 persons. Between 200 and 300 M69 bombs fell on the plant area and ignited the wooden buildings. This put the plant firefighting equipment, which was housed in one of them, out of commission and also started fires in the adjacent fire resistive structures through exposure. About 40% damage was suffered by buildings and contents. The fire resistive buildings were only superficially damaged, but the machinery was heavily damaged. Production was reduced to an output of about 20% of normal. Part Seven Conclusions. One, the high efficiency of the attack of nine to ten March was due to a, the great combustibility of the buildings in the target area. B, the high built-upness of the target area, i.e., more than forty percent. C, the ideal weather conditions, i.e., a high wind clear, dry. D. The large size of the target area and of the city surrounding it, making it almost impossible to drop bombs where they would do no damage. E. The wise choice and efficient performance of the tactics involved. Four aiming points, briefing to drop bombs individually in areas of target where fires were not already burning low level for greater accuracy, and an all-incendiary bomb load. F. The ineffectiveness of the firefighting forces and equipment. 2. Fire-resistive buildings in burning areas were often ignited by exposure fires, sometimes over an open area as great as 75 feet. 3. Fire-resistive buildings when subjected to contents fires, generally suffered only internal damage. 4. Many home industries were destroyed in attacks on residential areas. 5. Loss in production at undamaged factories was heavy because of the displacement of workers. Table 1. Summary of Attacks Mission Number 38 date 25 february planes over target 172 approximate true heading southeast approximate surface wind from northwest number of aiming points 1 altitude 23500 feet 31000 feet intervalometer 25 feet Total tons M69 bombs used, 412. Total tons HE bombs used, 42. Total tons dropped, 454. Clusters to open at 5,000 feet. Time over targets, 114 minutes. Damage, 1.0 square mile. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs two point two zero square miles remarks they attack complete overcast all radar bombing no fighter opposition flak meager ninety one percent m sixty nines mission number forty date nine to ten march planes over target two hundred seventy nine Approximate true heading, northwest, approximate surface wind from southwest, number of aiming points, four, altitude, 4,900 feet, 9,200 feet, intervalometer, 100 feet, pathfinder, 50 feet, main force, total tons M69 bombs used, 1,539. Total tons M-47 bombs used. 128. Total tons dropped. 1,667. Clusters to open at 2,000 feet. 2,500 feet. Time over targets. 173 minutes. Damage. 15.8 square miles. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs, 9.48 square miles. Remarks Night attack, three tenths overcast, half visual, half radar bombing, smoke and thermals, fighter opposition weak, flak intense, 92% M69s. Mission number 67. Date 13 to 14 April. Planes over target. 327. Approximate true heading. Northwest. Approximate surface wind from northwest. Number of aiming points. 3. Altitude. 6,800 feet. 11,000 feet. Intervalometer. 100 feet. Pathfinder. 50 feet main force. Total tons M69 bombs used. 1,820. Total tons M47 bombs used. 222. Total tons HE bombs used. 82. Total tons dropped. 2,124. Clusters to open at 2,500 feet. Time over targets, 219 minutes. Damage, 11.4 square miles. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs, 5.37 square miles. Remarks, night attack, 5 tenths overcast, 2 thirds radar bombing, excessive smoke and turbulence, fighter opposition moderate, flak intense. 86% 86% M69s 164 M69s and 77 M47s dropped safe mission number 69 date 15 to 16 april planes over target 109 approximate true heading northeast approximate surface wind from northwest Number of aiming points, 1. Altitude, 8,000 feet, 10,100 feet. Intervalometer, 100 feet, pathfinder, 50 feet, main force. Total tons M69 bombs used, 434. Total tons M47 bombs used, 320. Total tons HE bombs used. 15. Total tons dropped 769. Clusters to open at 2,500 feet. Time over targets 142 minutes. Damage 6.0 square miles. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs 7.80 square miles. Remarks. Night attack. Clear. All radar bombing, thermals bad on breakaway, but visibility good. Some planes arrived too early. Flak and fighter opposition intense. Searchlights blinding. Fifty-six percent M sixty-nines. Mission number one hundred eighty-one. Date twenty-three to twenty-four May. Planes over target five hundred twenty. Approximate true heading. East. Approximate surface wind from northwest. Number of aiming points. 6. Altitude. 7,800 feet. 15,100 feet. Intervalometer. 100 feet. Pathfinder. 50 feet. Main force. Total tons M69 bombs used. 2,820. TOTAL TONS M47 BOMBS USED 777 TOTAL TONS M50 BOMBS USED 49 TOTAL TONS DROPPED 3646 CLUSTERS TO OPEN AT 5000 FEET TIME OVER TARGETS 119 MINUTES DAMAGE 5.3 SQUARE MILES Damage per 1,000 tons bombs. 1.45 square miles. Remarks. Night attack. Nine-tenths overcast. Almost all radar bombing. Initial point not identified in many cases. Smoke especially bad. Blinding searchlights. Flak and fighter opposition intense. 77% M69s. Mission Number 183 Date 25-26 to 26 May Planes Over Target 464 Approximate True Heading Northeast Approximate Surface Wind from Northwest Number of Aiming Points 6 Altitude 7,900 feet 22,000 feet Intervalometer 100 feet pathfinder, 50 feet main force, total tons M69 bombs used, 1,320, total tons M47 bombs used, 634, total tons M50 bombs used, 945, total tons M76 bombs used, 348, Total tons HE bombs used. 4. Total tons dropped. 3,251. Clusters to open at 5,000 feet. Time over targets. 155 minutes. Damage. 16.8 square miles. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs. 5.17 square miles. Remarks. Night attack. 3 tents overcast. 3 fourths radar bombing. Smoke fairly bad. Flak and fighter opposition very intense. 41% M69s. Planes over target. 1,871. Total tons M69 bombs used. 8,345. Total tons M47 bombs used. 2,081. Total tons M50 bombs used, 994. Total tons M76 bombs used, 348. Total tons HE bombs used, 143. Total tons dropped, 11,911. Time over targets, 922 minutes. Damage. 56.3 square miles. Damage per 1,000 tons bombs. 4.73 square miles. Remarks. 57% total load M69s. End of second half of Effects of Incendiary Bomb Attacks on Tokyo, Japan by the United States Strategic Bombing Survey.